weird fucking guys. You're doing a manly thing and you're a fucking dork. I got my lightsaber wearing my Pokemon hat today. <laughs> wow, you're a real renaissance man, you know that? Goddamn man child. What a fucking dork. Yeah. But he's our dork. That's Genevieve. <laughs> She's right, though. No, yeah, this one is not. Yeah, not for kids. This one is. Hey, John. I hope so. Welcome back. What's up, dude? Hey, we got a guest today. Yeah. Dude, you've been asking me for months. Because I, I go back and I listen to the old episodes. Yeah. And he's on a lot of them. And I'm like, this guy's all right. So I so let me, let me preface this to the audience. That I have a friend, and we used to do a political podcast. Yep. Because my friend Ben here is a—he's uh, my favorite amateur historian. Yeah, amateur is a good way to just dis- very amateur. Well, the only reason I say amateur is because in the past, when I would call you my historian, you would go, "No, no, no, I don't, I don't like know everything." And I'm like, "Ah, I feel like you do. I feel like you kind of do. You know?" I know a lot of a lot of weird details about a lot of. Oddball stuff. It's it's never never very specific. I'm terrible with dates. Yeah. I, I have like a you got to give me like a ten year wiggle room. Yeah, but you dates. somehow know the dates when people are dying. So like if I said yeah. you know in 1916 which which people were dying then you're like <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, that's because most of my most of my history knowledge is centered around war, right? Yeah. My father-in-law used to say uh, human history is military history. Right. So in 1916, yeah, there was a bunch of Europeans dying. Yeah, well, you know, they were a little mad at each other. They were, yeah, and they'd worked up to it for quite a long time. We'll get there. We're working on that, too, right now. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Not quite Europe. It's more the whole fucking globe, you know? Well, I was was watching a a, a video the other day about tipping points. Yeah. Like, in everything, economics, life, you know, there's a tipping point where stuff will just kind of start cascading, and there's really no way to pull it back. Yeah. And... We're getting close. Yeah, I worry about that. So I read a book. Uh, John, I feel like you're getting pushed no, out. No, no, go, go for it. I I'm read listening. this book, which I, uh, after the show, I'll I can't to... read. He's so full of shit. He's just as dorky Lies. as the rest of us, you know? I don't believe it. I don't I can, believe it. I can read. I'm reading this book. <laughs> I haven't finished it yet, but it basically is the exact thing that you're talking about. It's called uh, How to Deal with the Changing, Changing New World Order, and it's it's written by an economist that goes back and does this assessment of each civilization or or uh, society throughout as far back as we can go yeah. and tries to realize like economically what occurred, how did it impact the people of that society, what social changes did you see, and then how did it eventually collapse. And, and he's really good about being pretty unbiased about certain, uh, you know, hot topics right now. But he does mention, like, in case you were wondering, it does appear that we're in this part of the cycle, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because even he, in this book, says, you know, you may not have ever thought about this, but at some point, the United States will not exist. 
it will be history. I think we talked about this one time, and I was like, you think so? And you were like, fucking right, I think so. Well, it's just a matter of time, because every civilization eventually evolves into something else. Yeah. You know? Italy was the Roman Empire, you mm-hmm. know? You know, England, or the Great Britain, or whatever, you know, United Kingdom was... You know, like, they all were something else. Right. You know? And, and so... It's inevitable that this is not going to last, you mm-hmm. know? It just, humans can't fucking stay that organized. <laughs> well, I honestly, and I know this this might sound a little weird, but I think we're lucky to have lasted as long as, long as, long as we, we have. Are. Like, this yeah. was called the grand experiment early. We've done really good. Yeah. We've done yeah, really yeah. good. We need to keep doing better. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's we really like, do. Like, 200-some years that we, yeah. 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 Well, the comedy, and, and I don't want to go down a deep political rabbit hole the real thing about mentioning all of this and how you and i do these dives in our in our you know uh personal conversations is because ben you have a very unique hobby i do interest that i think sometimes i was telling john uh on the previous episode i said i think he's a little shy about discussing it but i'm gonna pull you out of your turtle shell and i'm gonna be like dude it's okay and and talk about it well, I, I think that, why don't you tell us what your thing is? So, so uh, usually when people ask me what my hobbies are, right, I give the man answer, like, yeah, I'm into guns, <laughs> right? <laughs> are you into guns? I, I enjoy guns. Uh, I, I really I've never like... fired a gun a day in my life. Oh, really? Never. Well, that's so that's how me and Ben actually became pretty close, is yeah, we yeah. used to do this rugged camping, but it was also, the only way we could sell it to other Delco dipshits is that we were like, There's well, guns. you can bring your yeah, guns, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's, we, me and Ben were basically the range officers keeping mm. these morons from looking down the barrel to figure out where the bullet came from. <laughs> like, like. We've, well, we will eventually we'll have to tell the story about the dragon fire round. Dude. <laughs> that was a mess. Dude. That was fucking... a mess. So, yeah, let I've me... never fired a gun in my life. I've mm-hmm. always just been like petrified of guns. Like, eh, I, think... I grew up in Philadelphia and it was like the first time. My my only my first like uh, experience like knowing about guns was yeah. some kid threw some fucking snowballs at a car and the guy drove around the block came back and shot the kid. The kid wow, was, like, fucking, I remember that. Yeah, he was like thirteen. I'm not gonna say his name because I know the family. Yeah, yeah. But shot the kid. The kid died. Yeah, man. And that was like my I remember first hearing experience that story. knowing about guns. Honestly, that's not a. I, I that's not a. It's good to be scared of. Oh, them. I, they're yeah, scared. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't like. And so I'm that's not against guns. But That's usually like, the advice that he or I gives to most people. I get severely concerned yeah. when I see new gun owners. Like in COVID, like we were discussing on our last episode, we never got around to discussing that part of it. But dude, there was such a huge influx of gun ownership in this country, which is good in the sense of like if you're concerned about gun rights but it's bad in the sense that none of these new owners are trained yeah and and i've had many conversations where i said to him well do you keep that thing like loaded like one in the chamber or like what yeah how do you store that how are you storing this where is it stored at don't you have small children why do you not have like a, a quick little like you know, uh, finger-controlled lock. Like, they yeah. have these ones that use your fingerprints and other shit. Yeah, there's also, and, like, little button ones. There's a lot yeah. of different companies are really good about making products that 
try and make it easily accessible if you need to get it. Yeah. But not accessible to little people that should yeah. not be messing with them. Right. But to continue There's the conversation. But Sorry. to continue the conversation though, that's how me and Ben met because I I feel like we're still not getting to the the meat and potatoes of this conversation, man. I want to hear about it. He's dodging. <laughs> so so I give that answer because most people the my hobby is weird enough that people just don't get it. So you remember when you were a little kid, right? You remember those green plastic army men? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like G.I. Joe's. I love G.I. Joe. Dude, those were my favorite toys. G.I. Joe, a real American hero, is like such a huge part of my life. Even today. Like I fucking love. I got the DVDs for my kids. My my son was blown away. Even my daughter was jazzed about it. Dude, I could talk to you about G.I. Joe for the next four fucking days. We could do a whole podcast just about G.I. Joe. No, but maybe we'll have to. (laughs) I love (laughs) G.I. Joe. So you remember I like when I was a kid, right? Um I used to set them up and I had like blocks, wooden blocks to play with when I was a kid. And I would set them, I'd make like his fortress, right? And I would set all the guys up on the ramparts and I would start shooting at them with rubber bands. Right. And then eventually I found at some weird garage sale, like a cannon that shot ping pong balls. Oh, cool. And so I upgraded to that until I yeah. lost all the ping pong balls. And so take that kind of thing that you used to do as a kid, right? Set up like giant battles with like 30 guys on this side and 50 guys on this side. And then if your dog eats some, those are the casualties. This is something and I do as them. an adult. So I still have my GI Joe's. There is an entire hobby that centers around playing big battles with toy soldiers. Oh, kind of like a like a like how these guys get together and play like the role playing games that like yeah, with the yeah. with the platforms and shit all set up. Yeah. So imagine yeah. instead of now there's there's fantasy versions and sci fi right. versions and historical versions. There's a lot there. When right? I go to like showcase comics and media, yes. the whole place is like I would say three quarters of the place is that. Yeah, so that's and, that's a hangout for me, man. I oh yeah, time do you there. hang out yeah. there? Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. So all the figures that you see there—that's so I'm a that's comic my guy. Jam, I don't know anything about that, but I go in the back sometimes just to look. Yeah. At the um, the platforms and, and like the, what, what what do you call that? I call them boards. Yeah. Whatever it is, the, the the shit that people have made, it's like it'll be like the facade of like a fucking cathedral. Yeah, yeah. And it's like paint it ever yeah. so delicately. That's and what like, I do. You paint them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's fucking cool as shit, yeah. man. It's awesome. Oh, it's a lot of dude, fun. <laughs> you gotta like, we gotta get together and play, man. Hell yeah! Because I got, I still have my three and three quarter inch GI Joes. Yeah, I have about ninety of them. Oh wow! And like, I have. That'd be fucking awesome. It was like set them up two or three. So, uh, so there's there's guys that do it with Lego. Oh no shit! Like, yeah, 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 really? Yeah, it's uh, called Brick Wars. So ah, I'm kind okay. of, I'm kind of. So excited. do you just make the facades, or do you do the figures too? So I do the figures. So there's, there's a couple different things, right? So most of the figures are manufactured by somebody, right? Right. Uh, because I'm not a sculptor, I don't know how to make guys, right? Um, I could do that. I could sculpt. So, uh, man, we I'm gonna, should do that. We you should. know how to 3D model stuff? That's the way of the. Future, I want to get it. I want to get a printer. I want to get the 3D printer. Yeah. But I could, I, I can sculpt. Nice. So, yeah. so, so there. You make the figures, right? Somebody makes the figures. You, know, right. you go out, get them, put them together. Because some of them are plastic kits, kind of like a model kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you prime them usually with some kind of like spray primer. Right? Yeah. And then you paint them up, and you can make. So, stores like Showcase, they su- not supply, but they sort of make as much of the terrain as yeah. they can to kind of entice people to play, right? Because it's, it's easy to paint an army of the figures relatively, but it's hard to paint and store, like, 
big parts, yeah, right? pieces, right? Yeah, so they 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 sort of provide this play space to people to get people in the door, get people playing, get people to buy more product. Like that's kind yeah. of the model. But I do also have setups for stuff. So like I got a I got a whole like crappy like it's kind of sci-fi Cold War like that's that cool. real block architecture. I got a city yeah. like that in 15 millimeter, which is. See how modest he is, though? Dude, right. you know what I love about this guy, man? Is it's always this very humble, like, I got this crappy... Dude, let me tell you something. I've... I have... I don't think I've seen that particular setup, but I've seen some of the stuff that he's done. It's pretty fucking cool, and it's, like, mind-blowing like mind when you see it. Like I for don't... It, to describe it, it's like, oh, man, that's kind of corny well, and nerdy and shit. Because... But then you see it, you're like, oh, fuck, this is the <laughs> yeah. coolest shit I've ever seen in my so, life. So, I know... I know... And me and Ben know of another guy that paints these things. So this is the thing. There are there are some guys that are particularly very good at when you get a figurine, these little figurines, they're die like die cast yeah, or yeah. Uh, and and they're unpainted. Right. There's no detail to them. So there somebody sits It's hard here, to paint something that small too. Dude, some of these guys sit with a fucking magnifying yeah, they glass got the, and they and they yep. sit here with a very fine-tipped brush yep. and they uh, meticulously paint these things but then when you go and look at it you're like fuck me man the detail on this thing is incredible yeah. you know and showcase is like the only place that like that i know of off the top of my head that will sell you like all those paints yeah there's shit like uh, that. alternate yeah. universes it's more like oh yeah my son store. goes there yeah my son plays yeah. like some card game or something yeah the, so the, he the, goes the owner's mike mike oh, okay. he's a really nice dude yeah um that's a that was where I played for a long time. Oh, okay. But it's got more like the card store focus, so yeah. um, the play space isn't really good for miniature stuff. There's still a group that kind of right. bounces around there sometimes, but I haven't seen those guys. But in showcase a long time. is like showcase is set up for. It. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely that's set like up what for they're it. there for almost. It and feels like I know a lot of guys. So there's a lot of guys. Showcase is kind of a touchstone, it's like a kind of a home base for that. But there's a group of guys that I'll play with. I haven't been able to do it in a long time. Family concerns, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But um, raising kids, they, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, they play in a church basement. Oh they wow! Rent a church basement. My buddy Rich, he passed some time ago, but um, he helped set up that relationship, and it's a monthly thing. And you know, I'm talking about a table this size, paved with tiny soldiers, wow. <laughs> like one end to the other, yeah. and a full, like trees and forests worth of trees and rivers and yeah it's, it's see i'm, I'm it's less epic. i'm less about the landscape of it and more about characters so like yeah. the thing that i'm nostalgic for is characters yeah so like for a long time i just had shelves where i would like recollect toy lines from when i was a kid yeah and i would just have shelves of this shit but i would never touch it so it was like after a while it was like i can't keep spending money on this yeah like it's just like it's it doesn't make any sense there's nothing practical about it, so I kind of got out of that. Yeah. But for the longest time, it was like you you could like obsess over it and like completing collections and things like that. So like I totally understand it. Yeah. And but and, but the other thing about it is like if it like if you dig that, you dig it, man. Like it's and I think it's cool yeah. as shit. I mean, I wouldn't even think twice. Like sometimes when I walk into places like a showcase or whatever, I'm like. Where are all these people at in the world? I never see these guys anywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere. You know what I mean? They are. That's they're on the fucking construction they sites. Yeah. Or, you know. You know. But it's also like a Tom and Jerry's. Like if you walk in there on like a Friday night, and they have like some hair metal band playing, every dude 
that looks like a hair metal fan is there. Shows yeah. up, comes and you're like, out of the Where woodwork. the fuck do you live? Yeah. Like, I never <laughs> see you anywhere but here. You know? Well, I think the interesting thing. So when when we started Renaissance Manchild, which was every you know, third Sunday, it was every third Sunday. But you pitched the idea of let's interview people about special interests yeah. that they have, and and the whole premise. Even when you listen to the our intro, it's supposed to be our show is supposed to be about guys in their. 30s or 40s or whatever it it's like a blue collar show matter. for guys that have like um or girls yeah but, anybody really but, but really it's about middle-aged people to be totally woke and fucking uh unoffensive and not specifically white what what are we white cis jerk off Uh-oh, uh man, don't, nah, nah, i'm not know, even getting into that yeah man. let's do this let's have some fun anyway you know me man i'm always gonna talk shit <laughs> yeah, but um yeah but it's really about just people in their middle age that are parents now or whatever, and they have this thing that they hold on to from their childhood that yeah. they still enjoy. And it's funny because, like, you correlate this to your childhood. There's, I set yeah. up my G.I. Joes and I knocked them down with rubber bands. John is like, dude, I, I had fucking... Ninja Turtles and G.I. Joe's well, and all these things. I was a Ninja Turtle guy, but I, I get Go what you're Go fuck saying. yourself, John. Yeah. You know? It was G.I. Joe. <laughs> get it right, man. You yeah, gotta get the nerd, nerd Comic book right. characters, G.I. Joe, and but, uh, pro wrestling. But I'm trying to kid. loop this all in because, like, in my garage, and I am so nostalgic for old, classic Cars. muscle yeah. car, even yeah. old parts. The valve covers off of a Chevy small block that are kind of rusty. I like looking at it i'm like i don't know it's just a, like a rusty part that's like i'm gonna sit it on the shelf i look up at it sometimes and i'm like i'm never gonna fucking use that right i have the hubcaps off of old cars and i'm just like i just like it i think it's cool looking and 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 to me it always comes back to the seeing this as a kid and right. being very familiar it's almost like you unlock and, you know, like yeah. your happiest memory or some shit yeah and i do i sincerely it. sit in my garage sometimes and just look around at stuff and i'm just like you know this is my fucking happy place. Yeah. I relax in here. Sometimes yeah. I'm not working on cars. Sometimes I'm literally sitting. I have this very comfortable chair that I literally found in an abandoned cabin on my buddy's property a few years ago. And I said, hey, Kev, how much you want for this shitty chair? Because I know you're about to knock this cabin down. And yeah. he was like, I don't know. 50 bucks i guess and i was like fucking sold man yeah. <laughs> what's your what's your venmo i'll send you some money i want this fucking chair and i sit in it every fucking day mm -hmm. and it's all about like this like to me i remember going to my dad's shop and my dad had like just car parts and shit laying around and dirt bike parts and and now i'm doing the same thing and my kids come over and they're like oh what's this and i'm showing them stuff and yeah it's this thing, and I know that you do this with your kids, and I'm sure you do your you know? kid, your kids into this too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my son is almost like a carbon copy of me, but well, better at math. Yeah. Um, <laughs> See, none of my kids are like me. Really? None uh, of them. My daughter is a lot like me. But yeah. that's that counts. Yeah, you know? it does. My daughter is the one who like will listen to music, try yeah. to play music, say like irreverent jokes and things like that, and she gets into like the art and all that thing. My other two sons. No, are not... that's not true, man. Because you and I have talked, and you've told me that. Listen, they, there are Victor likes the Italian side of you. The yeah. Mobs, mob movies, and, right? And, There's you know, aspects of it. But and overall, John, John likes yeah. uh, other parts. You yeah, know, me you... and John bonded over pro wrestling and things like that. And pro John wrestling. is very much yeah. like, um, 
John is very much like this neurotic side of me. Yeah. Like he's like very neurotic in ways sure. that I am. Victor is very much like the man side of me. Yeah. And then my daughter is like the creative side of me. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I mean, but yeah. I'm saying, like, he's saying, like, his son is, like, this little carbon copy of him. I don't have that. Yeah, but he's also got a daughter yeah. that I'm sure he can relate to well, in a certain yeah, way. Yeah, that's the thing is she's, she had, so mo- both my kids are very emotional, right? I'm a pretty emotional dude. Um, and Which is so, dude, listen. Listen to me, man. Ben is, like, my spiritual advisor. He doesn't know it, <laughs> but he sincerely is. And, dude, he is... Uh, you know, like, to be perfectly honest with you, I hold Ben in such a fucking high regard. You've got terrible judgment. He's so full of shit. <laughs> you know what's funny is I get offended because he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he is very anti-technology. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. But, I kind of am too. But, dude, I'm addicted to it and I am such a uh, modern piece of shit that I'm like, dude, how come he's not answering my text messages? And I know the way Ben is. Dude, when we go camping, Ben brings a fucking army roll from like World War II, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, this is outdated technology. This is you're gonna fucking freeze He's, to death. He wants the real experience, dude. He wants yeah, the real I'll experience. Tell you, it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> but it's awesome because me and him have also done camping trips where everybody else bailed, and me and him were like, eh, fuck it, let's go anyway. Right. And, dude, we stood on the side of a mountain freezing our nuts off. It was like 20 degrees or snow on the ground. Hard fucking oh. wind blowing through, and we couldn't, like, we couldn't shelter the fire, so the fire almost was gonna blow the fuck out a few times, and it was just, like, brutal. Yeah. And he's like, hey, man, you wanna, like, hit that tin can with a fucking slingshot? And I was like, yeah, fuck it, why not? You know? And, like, <laughs> Man, we shot at that thing for like an hour. I don't yeah. know if we hit it twice because it was blowing around. Like, dude, like it was a good six foot swing. <laughs> dude, oh, but, fun. but it's funny to me because, you know, like there's a part of me that sometimes is like a modern uh, uh, self-centered dickhead. And I'm like, man, what the fuck, dude? How come Ben doesn't answer my text messages? And I know why. I know the answer. He's He's dealing with his life. And he doesn't like fucking phones. He really hates social media. Yeah, I don't. I don't. That's where I'm at with it right now too. I can't stand it either. But this is the thing, and this is why when he mentioned that he's emotional, which he he really tries to shelter uh, well, because like we like when Jay was on the show and we discussed how in this particular area it's very hostile, and I think that you you can't really display that openly, you know. This is the thing. Yesterday or two days ago, I saw Ben at the freaking park and our kids are sledding and the dude walks up and in like embraces me and gives me like a big hug. And I'm like, dude, a part of my soul was like, oh, I fucking miss this guy, dude. Yeah. Like, and I hugged him back. I was like, shit. Yeah, yeah. dude, get a little love in here, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit of a hermit, right? So, so, so am I. So growing up, right, I, I moved a lot as okay. a kid. Um, uh, not a military family or anything. My dad worked for DuPont and he just ended up bouncing around. So I never like Chris, you've been here since you were a tadpole, right? That's it. You know, literally everyone in Delaware County, you grew up with all of them. Pretty much. I didn't have that at all. So, and I didn't even have a brother or sister until I was six. Wow. Yeah. Six years old. So my first six years of my life, we bounced around at least two, three, maybe three different places. Okay. No friends. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. Because you didn't have, didn't have time to form a relationship with anybody. Sure. And um, or if you did, you know, you, you kind of knew in your heart of hearts that six, eight months from now you were going somewhere else. 
So I really exist in my own little bubble. Yeah. And and I realize that that's not really a great way to foster friends (laughs) or friendships. So I do a bad job at that, and I realize this. Um, But it's so... It's okay. I still love you, man. Thank you. See, that's that's why you're a good dude, because you've got that patience for me being basically like this mountain man, but without the mountain. You know, I'll just hide there and like whittle my little crap and paint my little figures and Dude. exist in my own little bubble so on my toolbox i still have this the wooden fork oh, the, spork. <laughs> the wooden sporky so at that time when we were yeah. camping alone i totally did not bring uh i usually have camping like silverware and shit to eat with and we were like fuck yeah we both forgot we it. don't got nothing man there's She's like we're gonna be like so he was like oh i'll whittle, I'll a, whittle fork. a spork and i'm whittle watching i'm like <laughs> What an asshole! Is he really gonna sit here and try and do this? And it and it fucking worked. And I was like, "That's resourcefulness." Yeah, yeah. That's the whole man. point of camping. Right? But it's even funnier because I watch shows like Naked and Afraid and Alone, which I love these shows. And I'm like, "Fucking!" Ben, I wonder if these people can make a fucking sport. Ben, dude. Ben would outlive. Oh, they could whittle it in like yeah. half the time. Uh, he's so full of shit, like dude. One. He could be a contestant on that show, yeah. and he would be there <laughs> for like fucking three years, and they would be like, "Dude." The show ended like two and a half years ago. Like no, those people have grit. Like I watched one of those alone shows where the guy was stabbing a musk ox with a knife. Uh, that guy's badass. Oh, that guy. Yeah, I want to be him when I grow up. Except I think you without the crazy. I think you are, dude. I don't think you. I don't think you recognize yourself, man. I think you could no. do it, dude. No, that guy's awesome. I'll yeah. tell you what. I never watched them. They did a season of that show where they let uh, people have a partner. There was, the, I think, the third season, oh, they wow. let father and son or best friends or your brother. And I, I swear to God, I was like, dude, if they do another one of them, I'm telling Ben, I will <laughs> fucking drag you there with me. With Ben's smarts and his... Dude, Ben will be like, don't eat them berries, Chris. I, you're yeah. a fucking idiot. Don't eat them. I'm that's telling how, right that's now. That's how Shit Castle is. Shit Castle can differentiate every fucking plant that you can eat. But but this is the, the thing. I'm the caveman. So Ben will be like, dude, I don't I don't think you should run up there and tackle that fucking that, <laughs> that boar. And I'll be like, ah, I think I can get him. I think I think I can do it. And I'll yeah. I'll just go full fucking idiot and just like run after this thing with a stick and just. Thing is, is you, know? you would you would get it. Yeah. And I'd yeah. be like, nah, I, don't, I think I'll eat this berry over here instead. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, man, we're gonna have berries and fucking pork for nice. dinner. You know. So you I mean, I'll be think- a little scarred up, you know, but. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll do first aid on you. So, like the the like the passion you have for this hobby, like it comes from. Do you think it like like what did you do as a kid that like really like correlates to that? Like, were you always into like customizing things like that, or so the arts side? Uh, like, did you ever like take your GI Joes apart and like put the arms on the other oh, guys and no, shit? Man, I I so we did that. I had like five GI Joes. Oh really? Right? So oh, I so was a fucking maniac. My 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 my, my, mom, <laughs> my mom and dad growing up. I so I don't know how to I don't know how to get into this. This is gonna be kind of weird. Let's so, do. Oh, I like weird. When yeah, I, when, I weird. when I was born, take your shirt off. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> when I was born, my mom swore that there was gonna be no no instruments of violence in the house. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. So she was like, definitely Mister Rogers, Sesame Street, full on pacifist. Right. And she's yeah. still very much this way, but I think she's kind of given up on me. <laughs> so <laughs> when I was about three, I would every single thing I picked up was a weapon. Oh, okay. <laughs> every stick, every rock, e- everything was a gun, a knife, a sword, a bow and arrow, and it blew her mind. She didn't know what to do. Right. So 
as I grew up, things kind of loosened, but, um, and, and we weren't poor by any stretch, right? But my dad has been very tight with the money. Yeah. He was, you know, single working parent, you know, you know, he had his wife, stay at home wife. And, and so my dad has always been real tight fisted with money. So we lived like we weren't well off. Sure. All the way up. You just until, had what you needed. Yeah, that's right. it. We didn't really. So if I asked for a book, I got I would get any book I asked for. Right. But if I asked for toys or or other things like that, especially if it was associated with violence, like violence yeah, it was a oh we're not going to get that today. <laughs> oh, no shit. Right. So, <laughs> so a lot of like Legos, I could ask for Legos, and I would be pretty much like okay, we'll get you this small one. Yeah. Man, I hoarded enough of those bricks to make a, yeah. a an actual like. 45 Colt one time. <laughs> wow. Well, to me, it was a 45 Colt. It was a bunch <laughs> yeah, of red yeah, yeah, right. It's probably the most crude-looking thing in the world. Yeah. Right. But but that's kind of how I was wired. It's just been something I've been fascinated yeah. with. And as I you know went through school and I could get into the library, you can find in a school library books on history, books on war, and that's what I would, I would immediately gravitate towards right. that, and I'd bring it home. And so this kind of... I... I I always had the, I guess the instinct to be gravi- to like to gravitate towards that kind of stuff, but actually getting it done and and like having those things, right. like I didn't have any means to get. See, it my myself. dad was in the Navy. Oh, cool! So, like, in like 1985 when GI Joe was huge. Oh yeah, it you was got like, like 16 shipwrecks, didn't you? Shipwreck was my first GI Joe. Yeah. yeah. So like. As soon as like he realized, oh, there's a military application to this, and it's geared towards children, he like expounded on it. So awesome. like my first GI Joe was shipwreck, yeah, because he was a sailor. Heck yeah! And then of course I had like the planes, like the Sky Striker and stuff oh, like that. Cool. So like I had that stuff, yeah, and that was the stuff he gravitated towards. If it looked too fantastic, like or like fantasy driven, yeah, like with the weird kind of yeah, later yeah. later era stuff, right? He was, was kind of like you don't really want that. You want boxes, yeah, yeah, you want this tank or you want this like RV or whatever. Yeah, you know, like, those yeah. are the things that I had. But I had a lot of the little dudes. Like, I had tons of the dudes. And because I would draw them. And my dad was real big on expounding on the artwork, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, my dad was a tile setter who wanted to be an artist. So, so that's like, how he expressed himself in his work. Was he didn't want to be that. a tile setter. Yeah. He just was by trade. Because I think yeah. he told his father when he was a kid, he was like, I want to go to art school. He was like, what are you going to do, draw flies? You know, like, <laughs> and then he taught him how to be a tile setter. Yeah. And that's yeah. what he did his entire life until he couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And, um, but he was a great tile setter. He was great at it. But like, um, but when it came to this kind of stuff, like drawing and things like that, if, if your interest was like, um, if it piqued your interest in doing those things, he would expand on it. Yeah. yeah. So like when it came to stuff like GI Joe and characters and shit like that, he was like, he fed that for you. He was cool with it. Yeah. yeah. He was like, yeah, as long as you're going to put it on paper, as long as you're going to learn something about it, he would do it. You know? That's awesome. But, um. Yeah, so like, but like, I'm so nostalgic for that kind of stuff yeah. now. So I was kind of like wondering, like, is there something from your childhood? Like, is it the craftsmanship of it now that you care more about? I feel uh, like for me, like drawing. Yeah. Like I loved comics as a kid, but as an adult, I don't give a shit about comics. I care about the craft of creating comics. I care about the drawing. Yeah. And the inking and stuff like that. So for me, the the artistic aspect, um, I always felt like I was kind of. 
I kind of missed out on that part of my family's history. Right. My grandfather was an art professor. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, on my mom's side. Um, and never particularly, like, successful in the art world. Like, he didn't paint a bunch of stuff and then make a million dollars, right? Yeah, and nobody he, does. he was from a pretty well-off family. And he was a huge disappointment to his parents. Oh, wow. <laughs> because that's the, the art route he chose, yeah. right? And uh, my grandmother ended up leaving him for a law professor... Who was a great man, by the way. He's an awesome dude. But, um, and that's, so, so he was always kind of, because he chose that art path, sort of behind the eight ball. But I always felt like I never measured up to that part of my family legacy, you know. Mm. I, I can't draw to save my life. It might be because I never, you know, stuck to it and learned. Yeah, I think if you pursued the interest long enough, yeah. you'd get good But I was it. pretty good at 3D art, right? Uh, during, you know, high school, I, I, I sculpted some stuff, and I wasn't bad at it. Yeah. But I really kind of found an expression of whatever artistic talent I do have in that painting. Mm-hmm. And now that painting is really kind of like my Zen space, like right? It's real meditative. Yeah, right. I'll put on music. I'll put on uh, very free, infrequently like a, like a show in the background yeah. or something. And I'll just go away. Right? I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. I do and, the same thing. And that for me is so it, it I produce a product that I can then use for something else that's entertaining, right? So that's right. great. But I also get this kind of mentally quiet time, sort of like welding, right? Welding, I love being a welder I because do. I could go away. Like, yeah. I could just do my job. My hands are almost working on what they need to work on by themselves, and I can mentally sort of drift. Yeah. yeah. And and I don't really have that in my job right now. Yeah. Um, so being able to do that as a hobby like guaranteed be able to do that is awesome and that's yeah. that's kind of why I do it. I think a lot of people don't have that kind of outlet to like settle their brain enough in that aspect. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I mean like you were talking about technology, like everything is flashing and beeping at us. And and I think that's like the our whole biggest attention. problem with these kids is like they don't fucking they don't know how to just chill the fuck out and do something by themselves. When my daughter like, gets wound I, I tell her to go draw. Yeah, go draw a picture. Yeah, that's and get a good lost, idea. Get I lost. like that. That's like the same thing with my kid. My daughter, she likes to draw, and I'm glad because otherwise, it's like the phone, the laptop, whatever. Yeah. It's like yeah, they get glued to it. Just man. pick it up and like work on a technique. You know yeah. what I mean? Like draw something, shade something, whatever. Yeah. I do you think know? it's definitely robbing young people of their uh, their intellect, in- inclination yeah. to to right. create things. So like. I think it's fascinating that you're doing this. Um, young people, if they listen to this episode, and they're going to be like, "What the fuck is he doing? He's taking these little tiny dolls." And the truth is, is you're I doing. I hate that word, dolls. Well, you're my ta- brother fucking says that shit to me. I want to punch him in the face. Oh, I hear yeah, you. Yeah, well, I hear you on but that. that's yeah. I'm I'm just trying to I personify what, what younger people. Yeah. Though they're so quick to log on to their Xbox and fucking play some role-playing game or whatever, which is literally the same thing you're doing, only you physically have objects in front of you. Like, don't tell me that you play World of Warcraft and you think that Ben's a fucking dork because he paints figurines and he does it on a table. It's the same fucking thing. It's actually cooler. Uh, Well, In my opinion, it's a lot fucking cooler. I think it's a lot cooler, honestly, because I think the amount of art and attention and the reason behind why he does it and I think that there is something being lost in in all of this technology. Dude, I admit, look, like I said from day one, I know why Ben doesn't answer me. I know that my modern uh, thinking is fucked up. 
why isn't Ben answering me? Dude, if this was the 1990s and I called Ben's house yeah. and he didn't answer, I would be like, oh, he must He's be not home. playing, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And it would be normal in the 1980s or imagine in the 1900s before fucking yeah. everybody had a telephone, it would simply be, I'm going to walk down to Ben's house. And I've jokingly said, Ben, I'm just going to walk, because he literally lives right down the street. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to walk up. Yeah, and I would literally yeah. say, I'm just going to walk down and, and I, oh, and it's so crazy because the way our society is nowadays, I won't do that. I won't just walk down and knock on his fucking door because yeah. in my mind, that would be so <laughs> weird. Why yeah. would I do that? Yeah. That's how but that used, used to, to be things. so yeah. fucking normal. I'm going to yeah. knock up for so-and-so. Yeah. Right. You know? So one of, the, one of the aspects of the games that I play, right, is, is you are creating an event with another person. Right. Yeah. Right. So when you and I, John, let's say you and I, we're gonna go, we're gonna go play a game, right? If you have your stuff, right, of the same game, right, or the same time period, if we're doing like a historical battle, you bring your stuff, I bring my stuff. We we get a table, we set it up together. We say, oh, wouldn't it be cool if there was a village here and a bridge here that we had to fight over? We're building this story, right? You and I, and then we have to just like when we were kids play a game in a way that's entertaining for both of us there's going to be a winner there's going to be a loser right but it has to be a good experience so that you'll come back and say hey i want to do that again yeah. my butt kicked but wasn't it cool when my guy was the last one on the bridge and we yeah. you know he stood strong for like three turns so that kind of social experience and and you know nerds are like way out there on the social spectrum like they're bad yeah, at being yeah. near other people so you got to navigate that too yeah. but for the most it's like part, there's a real fucking like yeah thing like as far as um like i know i'm a nerd but i know i'm normal enough that i'm not nerdy yeah you know what i mean yeah 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 well so that's the kind of person that i enjoy playing games with the guys that are really awkward you have to manage them yeah and that's not as fun no, as sitting it's, it's down like with a an adult right. and, and saying, hey, let's have a good time together. Right. And let's 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 build this story. Let's play this game. Yeah. Let's tell this story to our buddies after. Like, it's hard you know. to deal with somebody that's their whole life, is that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, every waking moment of your day is based on... Their self-worth that. gets wrapped up yeah, in what happens like, on that table. I want to know yeah. that, like, the guy that I'm hanging out with, that I'm talking to about this like particular interest I, I want to know that he has to get up and he has like some responsibilities to deal with yeah yeah you know but, what I mean? <laughs> like, but, but you know what though when you look at it from the opposite end of the spectrum uh i'm a guy that doesn't do these like i don't do ben's games well, I, don't, I don't do I don't, what he does either but, but, but do, what, there's a there's a correlation between yeah but two. what i'm what i'm saying is is i think the the purpose of this show and like the thought behind it is that like I have kids, and my kid has Matchbox cars right over there. I bought them for him because right. I like cars, and I was like, I want to introduce my child to something that I like, and I want to have some influence over them. But when my son comes up to me and says, hey, will you play with me? They're, I've been an adult so long that I forgot how, how to, to play? use my imagination. Yeah, yeah and that's so, the truth. Yeah, that's not fun So either. I think that a large part, like you guys are already immersed into this this hobby or activity that you do, but imagine a person on the outside that would call you a nerd for doing this is a guy like me 
that doesn't know how to be a child no more. And it's fucking sad. It's sad that mm-hmm. my son says, can you play cars with me? And I'm awkward about it because I'm like, I'm a man. I can't play. I don't know what you're, <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Like I have the same you problem know? with my kids because that's so imagination. Yeah. Right? With the, the stuff that I do, there's a rule book, there's a structure. Yeah. Right. And, and so without that structure, my daughter comes up here, play ponies with me. Yeah. I don't know how to play ponies, man. Yeah. 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 I, you know, unless there's a rule book that teaches me how to play ponies, like my adult brain says, and there's a hard stop. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I have a hard sure time mixing things. Yeah. Like I have yeah. like, um, I don't want to see, he was kind of like a pseudo grandson Yeah. in our house, but like, he doesn't live with us now, but he lived with us for a long time. And, uh, when he would want to play, he could play with everything at once. Yep. yep. I can't do and that. And I yet. used to do that as a kid. I can't do Dude, that. Dude, my G.I. Yeah. Joe's fucked the Barbies. Yeah. Like my, he, they they would steal like, the, the Barbie uh, Corvette and fucking race around town. Yeah, he or, was like... you know, like yeah. like Toy Story. Dude, Toy Story, was the movie, was so That's relevant. That's kind of how he played. Dude, yeah. I was that guy. Yeah. I made my own toys and had He like would just weird say, can little... we play dudes? That's yeah. what he would call it, dudes. Oh, that's great. Because it would grab like Hawk, Batman, uh, like a his tank from GI Joe or yeah. whatever. Play with it all at one He's time. He's like ultimate crossover guy, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. yeah. And yeah. my brain, in my head, I can't do that. You're like, no, Hawk. I that's play a with one universe. thing, or I play with that thing. You know, well, like when and I'm like, no, man, he's DC. You can't do exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't mix DC <laughs> yeah, with yeah. Marvel. But Nothing. that's yeah. that's the part that I really, uh, I'm really kind of sad that I'm having a hard time. Uh, tapping back into that, you know, yeah. is yeah. well. So, like, look, right behind you, Ben. That is a table full of my drawings from when I was in high school. There's there's stuff in there that I drew back in high school. And back then, I used to be able to just hit the switch. I have art. Dive the into too. my art. Yeah. And is it so? Like listening to you guys both say that you can find this Zen. The only time I I do it now is like you said is when i'm welding or i'm creating something and it's such in small doses that it and it's very controlled but don't you feel like working on the cars is kind of the same thing yeah that doesn't do it for the you. car is different because it's a puzzle and a puzzle to me is more cerebral it's not a matter of it's uh it's not releasing stress it's it's a kind of a sometimes a stressful thing because you're trying to figure yeah. out why is this not working so it's more mental it's a little more mental anguish but but to me when i used to create art that was this this piece this inner piece like this moment of like i don't have to think about it is hard to do it you know but creating the details of this image you know and i don't know how to do that no i gotta get welding was one good thing i used to listen to a lot of audiobooks while i would weld and and that's actually how you and I met, honestly, is yeah. one of our mutual co-workers, Yak, yeah. was like, oh, you listen to books? You're a fucking weirdo. Like, that guy Ben over there listens to books, too. You should talk to him. And I literally was like, well, what kind of books does he listen to? Yeah. And I walked over and was like, hey, man, what are you listening to? And he's like, oh, well, I'm, you know, listening to this book right now. And I was oh, well, I'm listening to Stephen King, the Dark Tower series, and like... You know, and that's yeah, dude. I remember sitting. I've never listened to audiobooks. I listen to podcasts a lot. I listen to audio books. Are great. I listen to hundreds of them. Do you throughout the year? Yeah, 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 Yeah. a lot. Because you can absorb what's going on while you're doing something something else, else. like driving specifically. Yeah. So because I do so much driving now, I still continue to listen to a lot of audiobooks, and and sometimes you get bored. But for me, it's about 
because I'm a modern person and I constantly have to have a variety. I listen to multiple books at a time. If I get tired of one, I put it down or turn on a different one. Nonfiction, fiction, yeah. whatever, podcast, comedians, you know, I, you know, like that's the problem with technology. It's the double-edged sword of like, there is so much information and entertainment available that sometimes you're like, it's like, uh, like the porn paradox, you know, people watch porn and they, they, they're numb to it. Yeah. They you want to go home and crazier. you want your wife to be a fucking porn star now, but dude, let's be realistic. It's not fucking possible. And more importantly, Right now, she needs to cook food for your fucking kids. So, like, <laughs> this is not the moment, you know? Like, well, what do you mean? I, I just saw a fucking porn you, you ten seconds. Oh, I'm getting fucked ass. I'm all frustrated now, you know? And it's like, dude, <laughs> be, what do you mean? The Holy internet God. is creating this impatience in yeah, us. Yeah, every, you know? everybody wants instant gratification. Yeah. It's, like, just instant. You know? Whereas, like... I do the same thing with drawing. Like, I can't, like, focus for long periods of time sometimes unless I've done this, 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 and this, and now I can relax. Yeah. And a lot of times it was, I got to exercise in the morning. I have to, like, do something physical. And then later on in the day, I will feel content enough that I can, like, relax now and draw something. You know what's sad to me? Uh, Another, I keep saying sad because there's a lot of sadness in my life, apparently. sad, sad, man. But but another thing that I I uh, hesitate on creating artwork, but but this is how like the modern fucked up thinking is is we're doing the podcast. I do social media stuff for the cars and stuff, and I see some people drawing on TikTok. They'll literally set up a camera and yeah. they draw, and people watch them draw. And I was like, mm, I could do that, and and. I instantly thought, you cunt. Like, you're going to exploit yourself. <laughs> like, you're going to exploit yourself. Like, oh, now you can start drawing again just because you know you'll people will watch you. Like, and having and, an Instagram and I hated, page for my artwork was a big motivation to keep drawing, though. But, dude, I hated myself for even it's thinking because, that. It's because Chris is thirsty. He's a thirsty hoe. I know. Yeah. I know, man. I feel like that. Uh, yeah. I do, man. It's, well, fuck it. I mean, if it makes you draw, uh, draw. Yeah, but sometimes I get annoyed with myself, even the car stuff. Yeah. So, like, I stopped for quite a few months. I just stopped making content. And it's so weird because, you know, I, I went back the other day, like, literally a month ago, and started making a couple new little videos. And you don't realize that people are paying attention. Like, some dude that I've never met in real life was like, oh, man, welcome back. I haven't seen you in a while. And I'm just like... Ah, you're fucking me up, dude. Because, like, I didn't think anybody gave a shit, you know? Like, right. now I yeah, think, like, ah, yeah. oh, fuck, you are tuned in. There are people listening and do care, you know? And, you know, I don't know what to think now. All right, let's tell some dirty jokes again, you know? And let's say some nasty shit, you know? Well, I think, so. so something that... So I, I'll, I'll watch YouTube videos about, about my hobby, right? Right. And there were these guys in... I think it was Ohio. Uh, I didn't stalk them hard enough to actually find out where they were at. <laughs> but uh, they're... They they were really cool dudes, right? They had really good on-screen energy, you know. They were really excited about the hobby and what they were doing, and they told some really great stories, really entertaining to watch them. But they eventually kind of trail stopped off. doing it, yeah, yeah. And I think for them, it was a very conscious thing. I don't know why. I wish I did, honestly, because I felt like I know these guys, right? Yeah. You know, I've watched them play. It was almost voyeuristic in a way, kind of creepy. I wonder what that guy's dick looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have wondered that at some point. 
but <laughs> no, no. So I, it was really like you get to know them, right? You, you feel like you get to yeah. like a I sense. Can't, of so it's so funny because right before this episode, we recorded the previous episode, and John and I are discussing my impulse to say offensive shit randomly at certain moments. And he's right. I can't, you can't fucking help it. stop. You got I can't. it. Yeah. I'm like, you gotta just say something so fucking stupid. What is wrong with you, man? No, but that's why you. That's why he's fun to be yeah. around. Because he'll say stuff, and you're like, wow. <laughs> Look I, at John's I, laughing because he knows it's true. Really, he's like, ah, oh, I'm just trying to be serious. You know, yeah, Chris yeah. is, fun. yeah. Like, what yeah, about we, that dick? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what their dicks look like. That's like porn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All you right. know how many episodes have broken down in the porn conversations? <laughs> oh boy! Oh my I god! Ton, I bet every it was like every third episode was porn. Every was like, third Sunday, yeah, dude, man, I thought this was like we were going to talk about special interest. We were yeah. like, oh man, mm. fucking Big Daddy's barbecue is so good. I want to smear that shit on my junk and jerk off. Like, <laughs> we talked about food. Oh, we used no. to talk about food oh, a lot. No. What smearing barbecue sauce? I, on I have a real hang-up with food about and barbecue. sex. Oh yeah, I think it's food gross. and sex. Oh, I can't. It's do weird. It. There has there's a hard line there. Yep, hard <laughs> hard line. All right, listen. No whipped cream. Yeah, nothing. that shit is no. not tantalizing no, at all. That's fucking it gross. All right, all right. Oh. I'm gonna be the guy. I will be good today. <laughs> We're not going to talk about sex or porn or anything. This is a great episode. I mean, let's get back to the miniatures. Yeah, the yeah, miniatures yeah, yeah. don't fuck. <laughs> they don't fuck. Don't pretend like they fuck. Chris, shut the fuck up right now. We're talking about miniatures. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about little toy soldiers. We're not talking about little anything sexual. Making porn out of I think them. what I'm interested in more than anything is like the creative side of it, like the painting. Yeah, when yeah. you talk about the meticulous painting, I'm just like... My mind gets blown by that stuff. So, so there are some people uh, that are basically professional painters for yeah. this stuff. And if you ever, if you if you want to see it, I can link you some stuff for YouTube. These guys are artists, yeah. like fine art level artists. Right. And some of the freehand work they do, there I've seen pictures of guys that basically do Sistine Chapel level stuff on a two by two area. Yeah, it's crazy to me, and it's it's insane. The detail is like, what the I'm fuck? not that guy. I no. can't. I can't okay. do that. Um, I have a lot of cheats and workarounds. But even still, like, but even like the idea of like a, a figurine that's like three to four inches tall, yeah. right? Let's well, just these say. guys are mostly like an inch. even smaller, yeah, yeah. right? But like, I don't know if there's like a fucking like a cuff on a guy's coat. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, I got to make that gold or some yep. shit, and it's so tiny. And you're not running into the rest of the sleeve and stuff. Yeah, it's like that shit blows my mind. Well, it's so that's the control, really. so so to to correlate this to the the world of cars, mm. which often uh, people don't recognize the art behind pinstriping on a car. Oh, pinstriping's oh, fucking awesome. And it's the same premise yeah. of what like Ben, you're saying that it's not it's not uh, that artistic or whatever but the truth is is people people that don't follow the car community and they walk past a a a pinstriped car and they're like oh look that's pretty they take it for granted you don't know how steady your hand has to be fucking delicate that guy's like control must be like he dude to roll those and make Uh real swoopy so like in the in the uh and not only that to get them symmetrical Dude, some of these guys are so fucking good. It is mind blowing. Like in in uh, low rider Mexican culture with Mm -hmm. with old low rider cars, some of the paint jobs these guys do in these cars. Listen, 
I would love to own one just to just because of the aesthetics yeah. of like how they create these yeah. things, the layering of the paint and the fading of certain areas, and then the pinstriping on top of it is the pinstriping fucking, me fucking nuts, immaculate. I think and and is. you underestimate yourself constantly because what John's trying to tell you is to to paint this little tiny fucking line on this thing, or like the is eyes hard. on a figurine. Yeah, like, I, that's crazy to I've me. I've throttled back with eyes. I used to do eyes on everything. Yeah, um, and I've throttled back with eyes, and I get it. So, so from from the outside perspective, right? We watch a guy. We watch a master pinstripe an automobile. Right? Yeah, it's awesome. yeah. It's 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 like magic. It's literally magic. Like no other person can do what this guy's yeah, doing. It's right. when they they like they just you can see it. They just the one hand's going and the other hand's going. You're like, how's he managing this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, incredible. Right. It's the there symmetry are, to drive. Yeah, me fucking there are nuts. people out there that are that skilled doing the hobby that I do. Right, mm. but I'm not that guy. So I'm comparing myself to, to the those masters. guys. Yeah. yeah, and what I really should be thinking, I was like, say I don't know anything about. Like, like I'm the 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 idiot looking at a you're an expert somebody, somebody. striper. Yeah. Like, wow, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. I'm not. Well, there's always going to be well. somebody better. Like, yeah. like, I, so I enjoy comedy. I look at other comedians and I'm like, fuck me, man. I know guys in this area that I've been begging them to come on the show because I know that they're funnier than me. Yeah. By a long shot. Like, I know that I'm not some fucking incredible comedian that everybody should suck my dick on how funny I am. I know that I'm mediocre at He's best. Going sexual again. You yeah. see? Yeah. That's what I do, man. I'm never going to blow a job for telling a joke. But I think that it's important because <laughs> if it's really about the passion. <laughs> Look, I'm actually being good right <laughs> now. Is. I'm being, being good. good. We, I'm should, being... we should match that energy, yeah. right? Ah, yeah. Fuck you guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I swear to God, man, I think that it's so. I think it's so important. I mean, it's great that you're humble enough to go, hey, look, man, I know I'm not as good as them guys. But at the same time, but everybody's also, their worst critic. But I think it's also yeah, the fact everybody that... Everybody is their worst critic. Dude, at the end of the day, so you're creating these things that other people were going to look at and they're going to go, holy shit. That's incredible. I can't fucking right. believe that he yeah. makes these things. And it's funny because this all started, me and John know each other from creating art as kids. I would look at his artwork and I would go, what the fuck? He can draw women so well. Yeah. And, and it, well, and this isn't a sexual thing. It's in real life. They say that typically men draw men better and women draw women better because you're, you understand the anatomy. Yeah. It makes but sense. I remember watching John and I was like, dude, he can draw like so fucking good. And he understands like, uh, like the, the muscle control and like the way things twist and turn and, and the way the arm would lay like this and how it looked and, I couldn't do it. I was just like, I don't know how the fuck he does that, man. You know? Yeah. But then apparently he's looking at my artwork and he's like, wow, look what he can fucking do. I can't believe he can do that. It's like how I am with like a pinstriping guy. Yeah. You know, like the pinstriping guy blows my mind, but like the pinstriping guy might look at like one of my drawings and be like, man, look at the detail on that face or something. But at the same time, I don't give a shit because it's like second nature to me. Right. So I think what I do sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like what you're saying with, you know. You're probably fucking phenomenal at this like painting thing. I've like, been doing it long enough. I better yeah. be good at it, right? Like, dude, I see. <laughs> I follow guys that like will customize like action figures and like the way that they they'll paint like the eyes and shit like yeah. that. I'm just like, fuck, man, because I can't hold a brush and do that. Give me that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You give yeah. me a flat piece of paper, I could do it, but I can't put it on. You know, I could sculpt something yeah. into the shape it needs to be. 
and I can go back and edit whatever I'm sculpting until it looks right. Yeah. Yeah, I could do it. I could yeah. do it. Yeah. So, so I think sculpting is easier than <laughs> drawings in some respects because of that. Yeah. Because you can go back and change things that aren't permanent. Yeah. But yeah. like when it comes to like putting paint on something, paint just seems so permanent to me. Yeah. You know, even though you yeah. can go over and paint over it or whatever, but like. I used to paint a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You paint, or, you know, I, there was a guy. Uh, so I briefly worked for a company that, that, did this kind of stuff, yeah. made this kind of stuff. It was in Clifton. It was in a little industrial park in Clifton. And uh, they had a in-house, well, I guess it was sometimes in-house sculptor that did stuff. And they actually work in an epoxy, like a two-part mixable epoxy putty. Right. So after a certain point, yeah, you could do subtractive stuff and like cut it away. But they're more like an additive technique. Uh-huh. So they would sculpt part of it in epoxy putty. That shit would dry hard as a rock. Oh, and really? then they'd be layering things on top of it, like details. And watching this guy do it, I'm like, I can sculpt a little bit. But this guy's like... Yeah. yeah. And he was, for that industry, good, but not amazing. Like, he was yeah. really talented, but is uh, He's not like the greatest thing. Yeah, out he's there, not right? no, but, but to exactly. you, he's the shit. To me, I'm looking yeah. at his stuff and I'm going like, I can't wait for them to cast this in lead so I can paint it because it's mm. awesome. Yeah, you know, it was like it was this. Uh, the one I watched him do was had this big banner, right? And so the um, the figure had tons of like these flowing robes and armor and all this stuff, and they were holding this banner, and the banner was like immense it had all this detail sculpted into it and it was flowing and waving and like that's a perfect canvas to do some amazing shading to make this like really pop but there's no way i could sculpt that (laughs) you know but you're right everybody has this kind of niche the stuff that the talent that that skill that they have and we look at everybody else and we judge ourselves like oh man no, I'm, I'm, I'm an good. idiot i'm not right. that good yeah. but you look at everybody else you're like oh wow this guy's amazing but well, then there's people that can't do shit they can't do Ooh, nothing yeah and yeah, like, yeah there are and there's a lot of people that will look at like something that i do or something chris does or something that you do and be like i can't even wrap my brain around what you just did yeah you know yeah hmm. yeah it's wild and and i think it's uh there, there's there's people that say like oh everybody can draw yeah to a point i believe and that i'm one of those people really i don't i believe in pursued interest yeah, yeah i think yeah, yeah. well i, I think, think you can develop certain... i think you can develop a talent but right. i do think that there are some people that literally lack uh like the hand-eye coordination or i don't know man i don't think i think some people are more akin to doing certain things yeah but yeah. I think if you want to do like I didn't when I started drawing I drew like shit. Yeah. You know, and it just took somebody saying that's really good even right. though it sucked. Yeah. To keep me at it. Yeah. Cuz I my kids can draw like my son Victor can draw. Yeah. yeah. He can pick something up and draw it, but if because it doesn't look like what I draw, he gives up. Hmm. And I'm like, "No, dude, that's good. The more yeah, you do it, the yeah. better you're going to be at it." Right. So, I don't know. I just think like everything is a pursued interest. Like I couldn't play a guitar Kids until are so I hard picked it up and played it. Convinced yeah. though. Like my my niece who's 10 <clears throat> is drawing now and uh it's uh, ironically enough, she has a very sketchy style kind of like you, you yeah. know? She has this very fast-paced uh sketchiness to well, it. a lot of mine is just laziness and not refining anything i just like to sure well you yeah. want to just get the idea down yeah you know but there's sometimes where you use it to your advantage to create stuff and 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 you know how to shade using that sketchy style right. of uh 
I was always so controlled that I would do cross hatching because I wanted particular amounts of shade in certain areas and I knew that I could use this technique mm-hmm. to like okay this is a lighter area and this is a darker area and I I was like a it was all about control yeah. for drawing for me but uh but anyway my niece I'm like trying to explain things to her and she's such a fucking hard head that she's like nah I know I know I know and I'm like oh, okay where does she get that from I know seriously yeah. man <laughs> but uh fucking i don't know man life is life is so interesting dude you know so i got a question for both you guys right so sure we uh coming from a technical background we deal with drawings a lot like um and there is a whole generation of guys mostly older that we have had some interaction with but probably not a lot that did hand drafting for stuff now have you ever have you ever seen a like a like a honest to god drafting print from the 1930s or 40s like mm-hmm. something like an architect would have yeah, done yeah like an architect's drawing i've never seen like it a technical close, drawing for a crane or something so i like actually that. learned how to do that in uh middle school yeah they yeah. they actually taught us how to use uh graph paper <laughs> and to scale yeah. and, and use scaling rulers and so and that, i still like so like if i wanted to get something done on this house i would make my own drawings yeah, yeah. you know i wouldn't call somebody with autocad to draw it i would just be like this is what i'm doing yeah you'd sit down and do it so that that stuff is immensely artistic right Mm -hmm. and it's it is beautiful in its own way like if you could get a print of that and frame it you put it on the wall and it would be art right sure but i'm sure the guys that are doing that don't think of it as art right You know, for them, they're very technical. They're very methodical, and that seems kind of Chris like that's kind of where your head exists, right? You're you're a little bit more technical, a little bit more methodical. You have that creative drive, right? So you can you can do something from your imagination, or you can take something you see on the table and then embellish it in an artistic way. Um, but John, it seems to me like you're a little different. Like, your approach to art is a little different. Maybe not quite so technical as Chris might be. How do you find that niche for yourself, like, when you're doing and learning this kind of stuff? I think, like, I I have, like, a certain set of rigid rules that, like, I have to adhere to. Yeah. Like, he was saying, like, John knows how to draw anatomy and stuff. Anatomy is very important to me. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to draw a person, it has to look like a person. It has to look like... But... Everything else that goes into it can be whatever I want it to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, there has to be the side of it that is total nonsense, but there has to be a certain amount of structure to it. Yeah. So, that's the interesting thing about drawing something fantastic or... or I have a lot of stuff over there that's... I had a lot of heavy influence from comic books or also... It was the nineties was dark. I drew a lot of demons and skulls and the nineties was kind of like that dark, you know, thing, like you weird know, yeah. demony shit, you know. And and so, but like he said, to me, proportion was always very important. And therefore, when you drew something, if it was fantastic and exaggerated, because people don't realize that there it actually is subconsciously a lot of math involved and and measuring like when John would draw a figure that looks like this yeah there's there's a perspective perspective yeah. this and, one, this hand's going to be smaller this hand's going to be larger yeah in the you know 
into so the people that can't hear is basically I stuck one hand all the way forward so that Ben could see it, and then the other one all the way in the back. And what you're creating is a foreground, middle ground, and background. Right. But when you draw this as an artist, you have to know that it's going to get smaller. And how do you illustrate that without making it look exaggerated or ridiculous or just it looks incorrect? It because sometimes I do look at other people's artwork, and that's the first thing I judge. Yeah, is your proportioning? Is your I proportioning? Judge, I judge things like hands. Yeah. If yeah. you can't draw fucking hands, I got no time to look at this. Really? Yeah, I'm weird about it. I like, I feel like that's something you need to know how to do. Yeah, no, like, I can't draw hands for shit. Really? You would you would hate my artwork. I, well, I mean, if you're a portrait artist, then you draw faces, and that's what you specialize in. I do yeah, do. That's, I do do that's that. great. But if you're somebody who is drawing figures and characters. You need to know how to draw this. You need yeah. to be able to draw hands. That's yeah. his heavy and comic stuff. book influence. And that, but in it's comic all, books, yeah, it's all comic book. Like my there are guys that books. specialize. See, like in I can't hands. draw a technical drawing. Like you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. can't draw a car. Like I can't draw a symmetrical car. Yeah. I can draw people. I can draw from life. I can draw a face. Yeah. But I can't draw a fucking car like to a save my life. Static, rigid, mechanical thing is can't tough for you. Yeah, it's really tough. Oh wow! But he's—you're not heavy on math, are you? Or no. no? no. See, I am. I'm yeah. not a math guy. Yeah. And to me, I would just grid it out. Like I would literally create a grid and measurements and scaling, yeah. and I would know that, like, okay, this is how far apart the wheelbase is, and then I would start, and then you can add your own. Uh, dimensions to it and maybe make it not as perfect because that's what a drawing is supposed to be it's not really supposed to be perfect which I is can funny fake a car yeah. i can like i can half-ass draw the car and then put values on it to make it look like that's a car yeah so, so let me let me give a scenario here so I, I i want a really hot pinup girl i could do that leaning on an old hot rod can't do it so I could do the could, car. He could do the woman. You could do the car. Yeah. I'll do the chair. Oh, that's awesome, though. <laughs> yeah. All right, collaborative work. Commission. Yeah, Let's yeah, see. Yeah. All right, yeah. listen. I actually like this idea. Yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could do it. Uh, you put do it and put it up on Instagram. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I haven't drawn in so freaking long that I probably need inspiration like this. I need somebody to say, <laughs> you know what the sad truth is? You is, could do a giant canvas collaboration and then auction it off to your viewers. So listen, I haven't. There's like 12 people there. Well, yeah, yeah. Do we do not have a huge fan base? I'll tell you this: I have an idea for a piece of performative art that I've been thinking about, and uh, I'm almost like half tempted. I, I know it doesn't matter because we don't have no listeners, but <laughs> it's like the same. But this is people. a thought that I thought about. So like, people nowadays are doing these like uh, performance art things. And I had this idea about doing a rage room, like me being the performer yeah. and taking a classic 1970s-ish Corvette and going fucking apeshit on this car with a music track laid over top of it yeah. and, and cameras on all surrounds to, to basically witness me destroying this fucking car. Oh. He just wants an excuse to listen to Limp Biscuit. No, 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 no. No, actually I have a particular song in mind and you'd be surprised it's a it's a uh, a guitar track. It's a Spanish guitars and the song the, the is brother and sister? Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Rojo Diablo or yeah. Diablo Rojo, which is it's a very fast-paced song and it's uh it's basically about the red devil and it's like but uh, my like I, my whole thing behind this is you're taking this American iconic car 
and you're fucking destroying it. And, and, and I think in some ways it's kind of symbolic as to like, like the people of this country, what we're doing to it, you know, like, so it is a bit of a political statement, but I think also that this would be a way for me to illustrate my passion and anger and violence, you know, like, so like, it's something I've been thinking about. It's, it would be a very expensive piece of artwork that may or may not, you know, I buy a car for $15,000 and destroy this fucking thing. And then like, maybe it just goes to the junkyard after that. And nobody wants to purchase it, you know, piss on the Liberty bill or something like that. Uh, Well, I think John, I thought you were a fucking artist, man. I thought you'd be on board I with am. this. You know? Performance I thought, art. I thought you'd want to see me destroy a Corvette. Yeah. But I also I think there's one something of them comes with federal prison time, and the other doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also yeah, think really? that there's. I think that oh, yeah, there's like yeah. even the statement of me being so passionate about automobiles and cars. Wouldn't there be the irony of me destroying one? Wouldn't that also be a part of like the statement of like. You created this thing, and I would. I would create it. I would polish it. I would paint it. I would make it beautiful, make it look gorgeous. Yeah. And then, and then it all up. within eight minutes, I think yeah. the song is, destroy this fucking car. I think you know? people would have to see the entire process from yeah. start to finish yeah, and begin to know you. Because yeah. it's just destroying the car without context well, you would People have to have some kind that. of uh, explanation in the beginning. Maybe That's it, not enough. They need, they need to be able to know you and know how much that car would mean to you. Yeah. Not just as a car guy. Yeah. But as an American. Yeah. As like they would have, there'd have to be deep context. Because otherwise it's just some a-hole yeah. fucking something. up a beautiful car. Well, so it wouldn't be just... Uh, like video content it, it would it would kind of be you know i think that there would have to be uh i mean it would be video content but i think that also it would make this you know you would have to make a statement to explain yeah you know what this this piece means and i think that that's really what it's getting to is nowadays people want to hear like what's the story behind it so yeah. that being said there's a piece of artwork that really uh fucking i'm like stuck on i'm like fascinated with it was a piece of artwork that was created by these two artists from china mm-hmm. and it's a uh it's a, oddly enough it's a robot inside of this glass box that is leaking hydraulic fluid and its only purpose is to i've seen that to scoop it up yeah, yeah. and and like i'm so fascinated with this concept and i've heard other people's like uh uh, they're projecting their thoughts on like this thing is is knows that it has to get the the hydraulic fluid back to itself to the sump pump, which keeps it alive and keeps it going. Mm-hmm. It's a metaphorical piece of mechanical art. Yeah, 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 yeah and yeah, so yeah. like when I when I saw the video and I'm watching it and I, and like some people are commenting that, that it's like the saddest fucking robot they've ever seen, and they say that over years of the thing being in in working progress that it's slowing down. And it doesn't move as fast as it used to. And its components are starting to break down. And you, like, think about the metaphor of humanity, of, like, what we are. And, and you're like, you know, I get it, man. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. And maybe that's not exactly what the artist implied with it. But that's the way a lot of people, and in myself, 
and, and including myself is when I look at that and I think like, is that what I'm doing? I'm working myself to fucking death and I keep promising myself that like, when I retire someday, I'm going to travel around the country. Yeah, yeah. But maybe you won't make it. Maybe you won't fucking, maybe you won't make it to retirement, you know? I don't think about making, ever retiring. I don't Are you retire. enjoying yourself right now? Enjoying myself? Yeah. So like, I... I think I've been annoying maybe my employer or my coworkers because I take days off and I go camping and I do yeah. whatever the fuck I want. And I'm not trying to start shit or, or like say anything, but I'm just saying, uh, like in the last few years, I've been trying to be more mindful of like, am I enjoying myself? Am yeah. I enjoying my time with my kids? Am I doing what I want to do? When I went to Portugal, it was a bit of a paradigm shift, and it was, it was me tapping back in. And remembering how much I loved traveling and seeing new things and meeting new people and exploring. Like, I love my cars, but my cars are kind of a trap. Yeah, they yeah. keep me stuck in my fucking garage and not seeing the world, you know? Yeah. And the camper is like a way for us to get around and see the My dad, at one point, it echoes in my head. My dad says, well, how come you don't fucking see this country? And I'm like... I don't know. I would. I don't, I don't really I have would. a whole lot of like you know? desire to travel or anything like that. But at the well, same time, I think like I'm not in trying to encourage you to about, travel. I'm no, just trying to encourage like, you to enjoy enjoying, your life. I think that just comes with the decision to be like, all right. So I work my ass off all the time for this money to you know pay for the things I need to pay for. But you know the money that's left over, what am I spending it on? So like I think if you're spending the money on experience, coke and hookers. But I mean like that's it's, an experience. But I'm saying like as far as like you're saying like. You know, you invested in your camper so that you could do the thing that you wanted to do, yeah, or whatever. So, like, to a certain extent, you're paying for the experience. Sure. You're saying that the cars are kind of a trap, and I could see that because I've been a collector who's spent too much money on shit that I didn't need. Right. You know what I mean? So I think, like, uh, yeah, I'd say to a certain extent, yeah, I, I enjoy my my downtime. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, it doesn't, maybe for you it's not traveling, but maybe it's more artwork. Mine's or more, more art, you know, music, you know, like I, you know, learning how to play guitar and stuff like that. Like that's what I enjoy. So I, I met a relig- uh, guy at a religious event, right? He's a really weird dude. His passion was Civil War reenactment. And him and his dad and his brothers, they, they're like the guys that go bare feet. Mm. and and camp in the woods for like six weeks nice they eat cornbread and a little bit of like a tablespoon of molasses and like that's their meal for the day because they're living the the experience yeah and Uh and you know his his dad his dad kept horses and you know they were extras and like uh one of those goofy like gods and generals i think it was oh okay not a a great civil war movie fight me on that guys but um So, but he was a really fascinating guy, really strange dude, really out there. But uh, I, I asked him, I was like, wow, do you do that like full time? Is that your job? Do you hire yourself out as extras? Like, oh no, we did that all volunteer. Mm. And he says, I work to do the things I love. Yeah. I don't work. Work doesn't define me. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people in this world who are so tied up in what they do yeah, I don't as a feel definition like of their personality, and that I think is toxic. No, Unless you really like love what you do, like I do love what do. I do to the extent that I think of the people I work with as like family. Yeah, and I like working for them, and I like doing the job. Yeah, and I, and, but I feel very well compensated for what I do. 
That's awesome. So <laughs> that's it, great. To that, but I'm not defined by what I do. Like to the extent, like it isn't like a huge part of my identity. So I think you've achieved a pretty good balance. Yeah, you know, as far as work goes. Yeah, yeah. where where you you realize that this is something that I don't hate. Right? right. I don't get up every morning. Like there's some days. Right. Everybody has those. Days. I'm not nerdy about it. Yeah. Like I'm not like interested in like you know. <laughs> I, I don't like keep up on what the fuel surcharge is for trucks right now yeah, or anything yeah. like that or like you know think about the industry in my downtime I don't there you go you know so but I do look yeah. at it as a vehicle for me to make money it's something I have experience in yeah. I've talked to him before about you know possibly investing in getting my own vehicle and becoming like an owner operator yeah. to some extent yeah. or hiring somebody to be but I don't think it defines me yeah. Yeah. So that gives you the financial flexibility to engage in the things that you do love, that feed right. your soul, that make you a better person, that that puts you in that happy place, right? Yeah. yeah. And and Chris, maybe uh, stop me if I'm wrong. I feel like You're your job doesn't repressed. do that. You don't have that balance. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty passionate about what I do, but it's also. Um, like, I am a dork about cranes, you know? Yeah. Like, I do enjoy cranes and seeing different ones and, and more modern ones and how they're building them and how they're creating them. And I don't know. I guess if if I um, like if I were ever to move on or anything, I, I would be really interested in being a part of, like, designing different ones and, like, yeah. re-engineering them, which is... I think, I think that I'm one of these people, sincerely, that is... They say that... Your right brain is the artistic side, I believe, uh, if I'm correct. I don't know. And your left side is more logical. And yeah, that's motor functions it and... crosses, like left hand, right hand has something to do with that. I like think that, that's right? how I remembered it. Yeah. And, and that's why I, I, I could be wrong. Maybe it's the opposite, you know? But they say that the hemispheres of your brain, one side is logical, the other side is artistic. And I do sincerely believe that I'm the kind of person that uses both sides mm -hmm. and, and they don't, there are a lot of people out there that use one or the other, you know, yeah, largely yeah. not, it doesn't mean they're the half their brain is turned to fuck off. It just means, yeah, but they favor one to the other. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that being said, like I like creating things, but there has to be mathematical, uh, there has to be a practical application for it. Do you think? Well, no, not that, but it has to make sense. Yeah. You know, yeah, even yeah. if it's a fantastic, like, fa like, if I'm drawing a demon with big fucking horns and, you know, spikes and shit sticking off of its head, it has to... Be even, logical to some extent? Yeah, when yeah. I look at the image, it has to make sense physically. You can't just have a bone yeah. sticking out of its fucking neck and it's like, well... It Where did that bone come from? Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't be able to support such a thing, so yeah. that makes no sense to me, but... Well, here's a question you know, I have for you. You know, like they say, like, if you love doing something... Um, and it becomes your job. Yeah. You stop you loving it. Yeah. Know? Do you feel like you've applied the things that you love to your profession to a certain extent that... The crane world, no. But I'm saying as far as mechanics go, so things I'm, like that. I Lately, I've been doing a little bit of side work and a little bit of welding and a little bit of fabrication. And I've been like tickling the idea of trying to get more serious about it. And I just keep thinking like... If I do, then I have to rely on it. Wait, maybe I'll fucking hate it. Maybe it'll. Like turn I don't know into... what you do for a living, but I don't think you'd want to like paint miniatures eight hours a day. Right? No. So so I I know guys that um, 
at a work showcase actually right and their yeah. hobby has become their job and they're miserable they're distinctly less happy than i yeah. think they would be if they did something else right. and then could play games as a side thing yeah you know and and i and i think there's some people that like artists right in order to be a successful commercial artist you have to have a high level of discipline yeah sure. structure and you have to be able to churn out product to a deadline which does have a toxic effect on that kind of just bonkers creativity. That I couldn't draw comics for. for a living. I couldn't do it. I know a guy that inked for comics for a I living. I could ink, but, he, but he I don't want to do it eight hours a day. Somehow. Yeah, yeah, somehow he was able to put that, compartmentalize that. Yeah. And, and if you can't do that, you will hate bringing that expression I've drawn, side of yourself into your profession. I've drawn Spider-Man a thousand times in my life. I've never once drawn Peter Parker. I can't imagine drawing from one panel to another panel yeah. Peter Parker eating a bowl of fucking cereal or something like that, <laughs> talking yeah. to Aunt May. Yeah. And then, you know, then you get to draw the action scene. Yeah. Like, I just think that there would be this tediousness to it. As much as I love the craft of it, yeah. I don't want to do that as my job. Well, I think comics is different uh, because I think you would have to enjoy the storytelling, you yeah. know? And that's really, you're a visual storyteller. That's what a comic is, mm -hmm. you know? So, like, in my mind, that would be more... That's why it's a team of artists. But you know? I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to be yeah, a part of it. Some guys sketch out the, the panels, and they know, okay, this is how we're going to tell this story. And then the next guy comes in and inks, and the next guy comes in and applies the color. And, and then another like, guy lays the you know, lettering down. Or yeah, I get and, that. But. And they do that. That way you don't get fucking caught up in each little tiny I would, panel. I would, I would hate know? it. Would but that's also it. because I think as, as an artist, as a free artist that just draws, you and I are used to creating an image from start to finish. Yeah. And... Even in the, the world of, like... So, like, I grew up in body shops. To see a car wrecked, so front-end damaged, destroyed, and then rolls out of the shop in a month from now, and it's a brand-new fucking car again, is... Yeah. there's. I think we all need goals, and we need to see that we accomplish something. Yeah. So... All right, or well, disregard the, the body shop thing, but think about me and you. Me and you met in the shipyard. Yeah. I started on ship 19 in the pipe shop and I was working down in flat bottom yeah. where it was plates of steel and then they were literally erecting the flat bottoms of the ship and I honestly followed that ship all the way through all the shops, all the way out to the dock and then went on the team that took it out on sea trials. I Ship 19 was pretty substantial for me because yeah. I followed all of the steel... All the way to delivery. To when it became a boat, to when it became a boat in operation. And yeah. so, like, Ship 19 is very significant to me, you know, and, and, you know, but when you look at all of the different jobs along the way, and I didn't do all those jobs, there was other people that were there, yeah. you know, building the, the double bottoms and building other parts of it and installing the motor and installing all the generators and all the piping and everything and yeah. painting it and fucking commissioning it and all this stuff to you and I are the guys that build the entire boat by ourselves. We're not a team of guys. And I think that that's what makes it different. And maybe that's how they keep these guys motivated and, and keeping 
keeping it a job for them, you know? Yeah. And um, I don't know, man. I think that it's, you know, you got to find a way to compartmentalize and detach, you know? I think I'd be good as in, like, the world of, like, creating concept art or something like that or, like, character design. But beyond that, I wouldn't want to be, like, married to anything for any long time. I mean, isn't there guys that do, like, specialty, uh, like, covers? Like, sometimes Yeah, they do... so I could be a cover artist, maybe. Yeah. That, 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 that I could probably deal with. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I ain't drawing 30 pages of... Yeah. Peter and Parker. Yeah, Peter Parker. Part of the bowl of cereal talking right. to M.A. Yeah, no, yeah. no, thank you. So we're about to wrap this up, and let's just take this off the deep end here. But, Ben, I think what we should do is die-cast little miniature dildos and just start a whole <laughs> dildo war... Like maybe a uh, big, big. <laughs> Dildo war. Yeah, and and I want you to paint. I want you to paint the balls and and like the little pubes <laughs> on the balls and like. Oh, I'll I'll do little this hairy is, ones. I'll do I was good this ones. whole fucking episode, <laughs> yeah. John. Don't eyeball me, John. No, All right. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> but he but he tried. He tried really hard. Dildo war. Dude. Let's do there's a dildo war. There's been some war. crazy stuff on the tabletop. I haven't seen dildo war yet, I but think there's room for that. Yeah. There is there's, there's room always for room for a dildo war, yeah. all right? Big veiny triumphant <laughs> motherfucker, right? <laughs> <laughs> is one that from super bad? Dude, yeah, I yeah. so badly want to make like weird shit like this and I so bet you it would sell. Stuff. It would sell. I bet you it would sell. Somebody would buy dildo wars. So so <laughs> Somebody would actually. You we know, could call it Dildo Wars. So really, there's so there's some strange stuff. There's some strange Are stuff. There, yeah. And there's strange stuff that people have done, kind of like as a side project on their own. I, like I said, I've never seen anything as out there as Dildo Wars, but <laughs> there there may be a market for that. There may you could put a, a a giant vagina at one end of the table, and it's like a death race to get to it. Oh. You could even do like sperm war of the war yeah. of the sex. A lot of stuff. Yeah. War of you the sexes. Really you can have the titty monsters and the fucking, you know, like all kinds. Of, and it's just a monster that has titties all over it. You well, know? Uh, some, uh, somebody have, like, got big there old, like, amoebia-type looking characters that are, like, sexually transmitted diseases. There you shit. go. <laughs> yeah. You know, all kinds of I shit. am the clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dirty motherfucker. <laughs> so, honestly, there's some... There's some so you know you were talking about like '90s demon stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, there is a heavy thread of really, frankly, disturbing stuff. Really? Yeah, it's very um, like Cthulhu doesn't even like that whole mythos. Just really bizarre shit doesn't even begin to cover it, man. I'm mm. talking about like really you look at it and you're like that's just disturbing like a joe hmm. coleman painting or something it's yeah. just really like weird proportions uh, i have to show you some of this so stuff. that's kind of fun because that was some of the stuff that i did enjoy yeah. drawing because sometimes so as much control as i liked in my artwork it sometimes is fun to have odd proportions because your eye is like, oh, why is one arm longer than the other? Or, like, that was the, the Dali. Like, yeah, da, looking yeah. at Dali art was like, dude, that makes no fucking sense. And that's why it's, it's fun. Surreal. Yeah, yeah. It's that's surreal. why yeah. it's great to look at. Yeah, you know? there's stuff in the, in the miniatures game space. And it's not just that. There's RPG art, like role-playing games and all kinds of... There's artists that exist or create just for this kind of subset yeah. of really dark, really demonic, depressing, surreal. Mm. Like, they're going for that almost shock value yeah. 
of that's just wrong and you guys not just did a piece of art you did a three-dimensional representation of that piece of art and both of them are just seriously disturbing i kind of want to see this now i want to see this i'll have to see if i can find some but i think the game it's a board game i think it's called kingdom death i don't know exactly i might be wrong there's too much but yeah dude there's some of the stuff Mm. you're like whoa (laughs) <laughs> uh, and and the idea is is that you're you're like just this regular dude and you stumble into this universe or fall into this demonic realm where stuff is just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and and like there's there's like all of the cool like H.R. Geiger just really weird. I like edgy it. stuff yeah. exists in that miniature space or in that kind of tabletop space, and it's out there, man. That's pretty it's cool. Out there. And there's artists that are doing incredible work. And uh, hmm. it's it's fun, but also like really like nightmare vision stuff. Yeah. So if you, but that's you like creative. That. That's creative. Oh, that's the, that's you know. And I actually like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like that stuff. That would that would pique my interest quite a bit. Yeah, that's know? part of the reason like we get into nerd stuff is because right. it does it feeds that like wow this is really awesome. Yeah. There's games that are uh, basically like a horror movie on the tabletop. Yeah. You know, you've got the slasher with whatever mask he's got on, and you're the the little poor little college girls trying to get away from him. Like there's in there's, a mini skirt. In a mini cool. skirt. Oh yeah. That's, oh yeah. That's yeah. What I would Hiding behind the wall of chainsaws, like that kind of stuff. I like that. I mean, I enjoy that kind of stuff, man. I mean, whether it's even like you know, any kind of like thing where you can like kind of design your own world. Yeah. It yeah. really like I always got fascinated by like George Lucas and his creation of Star Wars and all the small little models like i yeah. like the craft of it so much more than i like the end product of it yeah you know yeah. well because like, the end product is fleeting but the craft yeah is, is the craft there, is like, like yeah wow. right you're like man look at that like the the ad at was a model you know what yeah. i mean like all that kind of shit you know it's like what a workshop and all lord of the rings stuff have you ever watched any of the behind the scenes stuff that's the that? only stuff i care about oh, like i will so cool. i would rather watch the behind the scenes stuff than yeah. watch the actual movie because you appreciate the artistic yeah. the craft like the, the skill level the uh the guy, uh, I think his name's Tippett. The the Phil sculpt- Tippett. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, love yeah. Phil Tippett. Yeah. I will watch a documentary about Phil Tippett any day. Yeah. Rather than watch any of the movies that he created things for, because <laughs> I would I just want to see what he does. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it, you know, like I think he did Ed Two Hundred Nine, which I'm like a RoboCop maniac, yeah, like yeah. a maniac for that movie. So, like, to see, like, the stop-motion animation of that, it's just like, man, this is, like, all I give a shit about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. I had fun. You had fun? I had a lot of ben, fun. Ben, did you have fun? No, I'm not coming back. Ben, ah, that's so <laughs> no, funny. lies, lies. No, I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, I had a great time. All right. This guy's all right. Do you want to hear some cool music? I'm surprised that you're friends with this guy. Like, like he that. said in the beginning, <laughs> it's really a matter of uh, desperation. Yeah. Like he he says he didn't have a lot of friends, and I was like, well, coincidentally, I like you, so I'm just going to keep you as a friend, whether you like it or not. That's great. I'm glad you have the, the like the the grit and determination to stick to that. You ever seen Shrek and like yeah. the original Shrek? Yeah, I'm like Donkey, yeah. dude. I'm just not going to leave you to fuck alone. You're the ogre in the woods, and I'm just like, nah, fuck that, man. I'm just going to keep poking my head through the window. At I you. love it, and thank you so much. I'm Donkey, man. I'm I'm Eddie Murphy, the Donkey. <laughs> of the people you could be in Shrek, that's probably the best, except for the gingerbread man. Uh, I love the fucking giant monster gingerbread man. Gingerbread man. I fucking love What is love- this, Shrek? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I love Shrek. Shrek I never, the movies. I never watched it. 
Oh, it's great. There's it's so much clever. hidden funny shit in there yeah, that's yeah. like 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 pokes fun at like modern society and like weird stuff. Not the gumball, not the gumball yeah. buttons. Yeah, <laughs> he's like the one guy's talking about pulling his fucking uh, his buttons off his uh, little shirt. Not the gumdrop buttons. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's one of those movies that the 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 guys that made it, the people that made it, they know that adults are gonna have yeah. to sit there through this. Yeah. It's kind of like watching Animaniacs back in the yep, day, yep. or some of the like, like the Bugs Bunny cartoons. There's a adult level that's way above what kids will get, sure. And then there's the kid level that's entertaining and fun for them. Yeah, yeah. And and I I think the only modern show that is pretty close to that is uh, Bluey. You know, like I watch Bluey with my kids, and it's good. It's it's like a non-offensive, non, uh, nothing crazy. Yeah. Like there's nothing crazy on yeah. there. But dude, every now and then they'll say some shit and it's just like, so at one point the mom tells the little puppies, the little baby, you know, kids or whatever. She goes, ah, well, that's uncle, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we know he voted for the other guy, but that's okay because we still love him. And I was just like, what the (laughs) fuck, dude? Like, There's been times when I've had to walk out of the room when my my daughters had Bluey on because I got choked up. Really? Yeah, really? Yeah, they're like there's some heavy parent child. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah like, dude. Yeah. But there's oh also God. there's also yeah. some other like I, I don't know, I just think they really approach modern stuff really well. So like it's kind of silly like but it, dude, the the way I like it caught my attention is I'm half ass playing on my phone, my kids are watching it and all of a sudden uh the little kids are playing with another set of little kids and the one kid says yeah my daddy doesn't live at home no more and i was like yeah, what the yeah, fuck I did i just hear i remember like, what, saying this. what yeah. the fuck did yeah. what just happened why did you say that i don't understand and then i was like paying attention and i'm like oh well this ain't bad they're just they're <laughs> just saying like hey man this is what happens you know like they're not like yeah. making a political statement out of this right. People, you know people's lives are complicated and yeah shit happens yeah man yeah. so i think it's a really good show for small children I'm very, very particular about, like, what are you watching, you know? So, anyway, we got to wrap it up, boys. Yeah, it's been, I think this is probably one of our longer episodes. I think anytime we have a guest, we we fucking, we kill it. But I don't think our, like, our fucking five listeners are going to get mad at us. (laughs) I think we did good on this one, man. All right. Music. Sure. Thanks for listening to the Renaissance Manchild. Renaissance Manchild is a Yardbird Tuna production. If you enjoyed the show, please like, follow, and share. Any ideas or suggestions, feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. Oh, shit! Mm-hmm. <laughs> you talk good.